0: Best-selling author Sean Acor says that while many of us believe we're either born happy or not, his research has proven that we all have the power to become happier people. Born in Waco, Texas in 1978 to an English teacher mom and a neuroscientist dad, it looked like Sean was going to follow in his father's footsteps from an early age. After high school, Sean left home to attend Harvard on a military scholarship, and after studying religion as an undergrad, he was inspired to continue his studies at Harvard's Divinity School. There, he became fascinated with the big questions in life—why we love, why we wake up in the morning, and how we discover meaning and purpose. He was introduced to an emerging field called positive psychology, which, simply put, is the study of happiness. Sean was hooked and was tapped to help develop and teach the most popular class at Harvard, known on campus as the happiness class. Today, Sean travels the world training people and professionals on how to rewire their brains to become more positive. He is the author of four books, including the bestsellers The Happiness Advantage and his latest, before happiness what began as an experimental college course is now at the heart of Sean's inspiring work When I heard that there was a course at Harvard not just a course But the most popular course at Harvard and it was on happiness. I was saying gosh I would either like to be in that class or teach that class and you were one of the teachers of that
1: class I got to be both right. It yes, was, it was incredible. We didn't know how many people would come. It ended up, we got one out of every six Harvard students that ended up taking this class on One on out happiness. of every six. It was more popular than economics, which is incredible, right? Yeah, so,
0: which is why people are going to Harvard.
1: <laughs> exactly, right? Yes. But what, we, what it taught us was that, that success wasn't leading directly to happiness, that um, you could be incredibly intelligent, but that happiness was something that you had to cultivate in a completely different way. And that oftentimes we've been taught calculus and we've been taught Uh, multiple languages, but we hadn't been taught about how you deepen optimism or how you deepen social connection.
0: So is it a fact that everybody sort of has a baseline level of happiness, but that we can, with certain practices, up that baseline
1: and be happier? Well, it depends on who you talk to. So yeah. when we look at genes, when we look to see, you know, is happiness just based upon your genes? Well, the average person doesn't fight their genes very much. So whatever you're born with basically is how you end up being. Right. But what we're finding is that when we started doing this research in positive psychology, that if people change their habits, if they change their mindset, they could, they could move dramatically away from not only their genes, but their environment and their childhood as well to actually have a different, a different life. Okay. Well, one of the things that you say in
0: before happiness is that before you can actually be happy, you have to be able to define it for yourself. And what's interesting, as you know, I did twenty-five years of the Oprah Show. Yes. And any, you know, I started to notice around the '90s, like when because I, I had my own like focus group at the end of every show. Yeah. And so when I would ask people, "What do you really want?" People would stand up and say, "I just want to be happy." And I'd say, "What did that look like?" people had trouble defining what it really looked like.
1: Right. One of the things that I, I think is amazing, it's just, just as you're, you're trying to change the discussion about, you know, how we define spirituality and God as we're talking about this. And I've seen it on so many of your shows. And, um, and you know, and Ariana Huffington is having the, the third metric, right? Yeah, well, let's yeah, redefine yeah. what success is. I think along with those, we've got to redefine happiness as well. Because if happiness just means pleasure, if it just means that we feel good in the present moment, um, pleasure is so short-lived, right? I eat a chocolate bar, and then I feel bad about it five minutes later. So I might feel happy for a second, but it doesn't last. I, I studied at the Divinity School before getting into positive psychology, and one of the things that I saw there is that happiness was defined by the ancient Greeks as the joy that we feel striving for our potential. Oh, tweetable moment, I must I say. I love this. It changed I love way...
0: Th- I love that. When I read that, I went,
1: That is what, that is it. It changes the way we pursue happiness, right? Because if Isn't that a great
0: definition? The joy
1: joy we feel striving towards our potential. Yeah, joy is something you can feel in the ups and downs of life. You can feel it even when things are not pleasurable. So I, I just- So what's the difference between joy and happiness? I think we need to redefine happiness so that they're linked. That the more that we think about happiness purely as pleasure, I think it causes us to pursue happiness the wrong way. That's we, right,
0: because that pleasure comes, it goes, it leaves, It you know, you go to the amusement park, you have a happy day, yes. you get a, you know, bouquet of flowers from your beau, That's a happy moment, but it doesn't last.
1: Joy is uh, inextricably linked to meaning. You can't pull those two apart from one another. Joy is something you feel with ups and downs of life, but it's also something we feel on the way to our potential. To find, mm-hmm. Like who we are as a human being or to be an altruist or to be a, a parent or a mm. teacher but it's not something that happens once we hit that point and i think that's that's the problem we make two mistakes right we think it's pleasure or we think that happiness is going to come once we've reached some something. plateau. And yeah it doesn't right like it's got to be linked to the way that we live our lives we have to pursue that happiness in a completely different so way so the
0: joy you feel while striving towards your potential is that true i know you've lectured uh, in over 50 countries. That's right. Do different cultures respond to happiness
1: differently? They do. Yeah, um, they do. It, I mean, it's been amazing. I feel like I've had an incredible education after Harvard, where going to visit these countries and, and hear about how you know, farmers in Zimbabwe who had lost their lands, I came to talk to them about optimism and to listen to them. Incredibly optimistic people. And then I, I flew from, from Zurich, speaking to Swiss bankers who didn't get their bonus once and were shattered. And what i realized was, while we all come up with different definitions of happiness, I would yeah. like us to start changing the way that we define happiness, yeah. while we might have different definitions of happiness, the triggers for happiness are, are, uh, are similar worldwide. It's a deep social connection. The breadth and depth and the meaning in our relationships is one of the greatest predictors of long-term levels of happiness. We have meaning.
0: So in communities where people, or in areas of the world where people have a strong sense of community, you have happier people. Right. And Sean, is it also based upon our expectation? Because you know, I've, like you, traveled in countries where people had nothing, 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 and yeah. you see the children in the yard, right, playing with two sticks. They don't even have a ball, right, and they're laughing and they're they're so joyous. I don't under, I don't understand it really. I I I think what is it because there isn't a great expectation. There are lower expectations.
1: I found people you know, they are living in extreme poverty who some of them are playing in the dirt and are very happy and some are sitting there bored and unhappy. Yes. And what we found in this research, some of the, the top researchers in positive psychology found that only 10% of our long-term levels of happiness is based upon the external world. 90% of our long-term happiness is how your brain processes the world we find ourselves in, this beautiful day, this yeah. you know beautiful place we're in right now. How our brains process that changes how it affects us. And that's true when we're you know, and it's also how we process everything. Everything. And I want to, I think, I mean, I think all of this research in positive psychology comes down to this idea that happiness is not forced upon us by the external world. It's not forced upon us based upon your childhood or your genes even. Right. That happiness can be a choice.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What is your own personal definition of happiness?
1: Well, I think the thing that I, I find that causes me the most happiness is is the fact that I feel like that what I do matters to create more meaning, that I can see that, th- that things matter. I mean, and we talked about this earlier that I can actually be very successful, but if I don't enjoy it, if I'm not grateful for it, if I don't feel any of that, I don't experience any of that happiness. We should actually be in the happiest time in human history right now. We should be. If you're looking at the external world, we've got the fewest number of people dying from diseases percentage-wise, fewest number of people dying from wars, and conflict, and yet, We're not finding that it's leading to greater levels of happiness. We're finding elevated rates of depression, elevated rates of of suicide. Because
0: we're chasing that bar. We're chasing that bar of success. We're chasing
1: happiness in the wrong way. And so what I'm hoping is people will start listening back to all these people who have been saying this all throughout time, that there are some things that really do lead us in a positive direction towards, towards greater levels of happiness. And I think that what they're all saying is that this external world is great. We want to make it a better external world for other people, but that actually it isn't the end of the story. That there's something more about the way that we perceive the world, there's something more of the connection that we feel with the meaning.
0: You, you, you know this is true.
2: Yeah.
0: When you are st- get still with yourself, or even in when you're not still, there's this nagging yearning that we all feel as humans. We all know that there's more to it than the day-to-day grind. There's more to it than just going through the motions of your life. There's more, there's more, there's more.
1: I, this is the reason I was so excited to come talk with you because with Super Soul Sunday, you've tapped into a hunger. People are starving for something that they feel like we've lost. And I think that people who see that there is that meaning out there, that their happiness levels rise as well, that their meaning in their life rises as well. They feel more connected to people. because what, they, what they're doing really matters.
2: Yeah. an episode and start your journey to greatness today.
0: And one of the things that you say is that they, which I love, is that the opposite of happiness isn't unhappiness.
1: The opposite of happiness is, is apathy. Is apathy. For for so long I thought unhappiness was bad, right? Yeah. And then people people ask me all the time: so you study happiness, you go around the yeah. world, talk about happiness, you, I'm sure you get this as well. Yeah. And are you ever unhappy? And and yes, I am, but unhappiness I find actually motivates me sometimes say. to make good changes. Yeah. Like it tells me I'm not in the relationship I should be, or it tells me I need to start changing some of the patterns in my life. Another one of the things that you say is that most people
0: believe that if they work hard, they'll be successful yeah. and happiness will follow. Why do you say, I'm sure most of you all, have, we've grown up with that. Right. You work hard and you do all the things you're supposed to do. You will be successful and happiness will follow and you say that model is now broken
1: it's, it's broken and it's, it's it's scientifically broken for two reasons the first reason is that because success is a moving target even if you hit success you immediately change what success looks like for you so when we tell our kids that oh once you do this you'll be happy. Once you get into this school you'll be happy, or once you lose this weight, you'll be happy. All these types of things make us think it's gonna happen and then it doesn't. It keeps getting pushed off for the future. Yeah,
0: I call it the bigger towel theory because when I first started out, I'd gone to a friend's house who was, you know, she had a trust fund and I'd never known anybody who had a trust fund. And I saw her mom's linen closet and they had these amazing towels. It looked like a linen store. So my goal was to get a linen closet with <laughs> towels like that. Yep. And glad. then what, what happens is <laughs> what happens is once you get those towels, they come out with bigger towels. Now they have not just towels, they have like bath sheets. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's not just the bath sheets, it's the thread count on the <laughs> That's sheets. That's right. So it, it keeps, it, it, yeah. Yeah. It keeps growing and growing. They keep moving it.
1: Because, right. because otherwise, once we had something really good happen, then we'd be happy for the rest of our that's life, right? That's right. But I have to savor it. I have to do some things with it, right? And yeah. that's that's the other side of it. Is basically, when we study it, we find that your happiness levels don't actually move very much as your success rates rise. Yeah. But flip around the formula. If we change the way that we pursue okay, happiness, here,
0: here comes the key. Dun, 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 this dun. is it. The research.
1: This research is incredible. It says that being successful doesn't automatically make you happier, but being happier, being more positive makes you more you. successful. Makes you more successful. Oh, this
0: is so good. It's like in the old days where people thought having the high IQ, and companies would hire people with the high IQ. Yes. And uh, I read this in Before right? Happiness. Uh, they would hire people with a high IQ, and then we found that people with the high IQ didn't necessarily make the best people for the job.
1: You're so right. So, yeah. one of my favorite research. I'm right, because I read it. Yeah. In the <laughs> I love that, right? I, I didn't
0: know it before then.
1: <laughs> but, uh, um, Marty Seligman at the uh, University of Pennsylvania, he started positive psychology in and, and, and 1998, and he, he did this study where he found that um, at, at MetLife, uh, amongst his, uh, insurance salesmen, they yeah. found that the top 10% of insurance salesmen, in terms of optimism, were outselling the other 90% by another 89%. It was extraordinary. And what we started learning was that intelligence only accounts for 25% of our job success. 75% of our successes in life, and not just about jobs, but within the working world, 75% of what causes our kids to be successful, causes us to be successful, is not about our intelligence and technical skills. It's it's how we process the world. It's our optimism, like the belief that our behavior really matters. It's our connections. Social connection is as predictive of how long Will end up living as obesity, high blood pressure, and smoking. Wow, which is incredible. You so, mean
0: real social connections, not just what we're tweeting to each other?
1: I get so many people that say because of television and because of social media, that the, the entire world is becoming less happy um, because we're disconnected. And I, I think it's uh, the research doesn't uh, hold that up. I mean, what it shows is how you use those is how they affect you. Yeah. And I believe that the technology can actually dramatically deepen social connection if we use it the right way. If we use it the right way. Right.
0: Are there people who are born happy?
1: Yes. Okay. Were you one of those people? Um, I think so, but I was also born, I, I believe, with genes for depression as well. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm optimistic by nature, um, but also went through a period of depression myself. And so part of what I think is just having a, a newborn myself that... One of the things I'm so excited about is he's born with genes that already predispose him to things, predispose him to... Sean has a newborn's name is Leo.
0: Leo, Leo, Leo. So
1: cute. <laughs> he's wonderful. And I'm learning so much uh, about happiness. I heard that. You
0: know I said? That's going to be a happy
1: baby. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm married to a happiness researcher. He's forced to be happy. Wow. <laughs> but what's interesting, he's already got genes that predispose him for different levels of intelligence or creativity or extroversion or obesity and i believe some people are born where happiness is a easier choice than it is for some people yeah and what we're finding though that's where most people stop and i think the thing that's revolutionary yeah I'm my
0: friend gail is just a she's a naturally happy person right i am not i think do we all have our baselines right we have our baseline and you can improve your baseline
1: that's the revolution right because that's the revolution i can be happier today you can because what's amazing is we go back to it and say well this is how i was born or this is my childhood or this is what i've gone through and what we find is that yes if you don't fight your genes if you don't move away from your previous experiences or if you're just defined by your environment your happiness will be entirely your genes and your environment but if we choose to do some simple things in our life if we choose to do some of the things you've talked about before about being grateful. If we create positive habits in our life, what we find is that choice for happiness be- starts becoming easier and easier and easier. The happiest people in the world, the top 10% of happiest people are not happy all the time. I actually don't get to study people that are happy all the time, because that's a disorder actually. <laughs> because- To be happy all the time. If you're happy- Because that's not normal. It's not normal because- To be human and be happy all the time. You've got to feel, uh, I mean, even right. to be aware of the suffering that's going on in the world or the, yeah. the frustrations that people feel, it makes us human, it makes us compassionate and empathetic.
0: Yes. Listen, I've been doing a lot of talking a lot of years. So when somebody comes up with something I hadn't heard, yeah, uh, that I can talk to them about in a setting like this, it's so exciting. Something particularly as profound as for years, you all have all heard it, is the glass half empty or the glass half full? And I beat myself up because sometimes I look at it and I go, it's definitely half empty. Right. Yeah. Right. And sometimes it's half full, but what does it matter if you have a if you well, you're saying, what does it matter if you have a picture nearby?
1: That's right, I think that there's a different way of even looking at this, and that's what we've been saying in positive psychology. Oh, I love this, I love this, I love this, I love this! It doesn't matter if the glass is half full or half empty. Yeah, because we get so focused on the glass. Our entire brain is focused on the glass, whether it's half full or half, and half empty. We can argue forever and ever between optimist and pessimist, and both can say that they're being unrealistic, but it doesn't matter if we could scan more of the world, if we looked at more of the world and saw that there's a picture of water that's sitting next to it. And what I love about that is that positive psychology and spirituality, I think that what they're doing is- What about saying, the people who say, I don't have no picture? I, I think that we do. I think that we do the more we connect to other people around us. I would say us. the world itself is the picture. Yeah. yeah. Life but, is the picture. The life is the picture, and we're missing the, the picture sometimes when we're so focused on that one element. But if we look for other ways, we can actually fill up that glass. And so I actually care, could care less about whether it's half full or half empty right now if I could fill it up. And so that's what we have people who start to look for is how do I connect to other people around me? How do I believe my so behavior boy, that matters? Changed
0: me. That's good. Oh, God, that's a good one. That's a good one.
1: <laughs> Wonderful. I could
0: care less if it's half empty or half full. Yes. That's
1: if nice. you have the picture to fill it up. That's right. We just need to look for it we need to be able to look and scan the world in a completely different way. And if we're starting to look for those things, we can start to not only fill up our glass, but it allows us to fill up the glasses of other people around us.
2: an episode and start your journey to greatness today
0: this is what is so great for super solars around the world you can be happier after this show today absolutely and by the end of the show we're going to actually talk to you about and i've tried them yes i mean actually i do, do three out of the five you recommended but now and just today i added one it was amazing right if you actually do these five things you get happier yes there's people who are happy, like Gail, who's all, who just sees the world through, my friend Gail sees the world through sort of colored lenses. I don't, but I have a baseline of contentment. Yes. So is happiness and contentment the same thing?
1: I think that they're connected. Um, and it depends, if contentment is just, I'm okay and resilient in the present, I think that it misses out on the positive side of the curve sometimes. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'd like to be happier, actually.
1: Yeah, because I feel like, we focus so much on resilience, but you can eliminate all the negatives in your life. You can eliminate all those bad things, get rid of all the baggage and problems, and you're still not a positive yet, right? Like yeah. the absence of disease is not health. Yeah. The absence of these negatives doesn't necessarily make us more positive. What I want is, is we want to be resilient, but I think we also want to feel that joy that starts to emanate out to other people more and more, where we actually have this overflowing of it so that it, it causes other people to choose to be happier as well.
0: Yeah, okay. So everybody, you've been waiting to get happier. You say that there's actually uh, happiness hygiene, just like we uh, have a certain amount of sleep that makes us uh, function well. Eating the right food makes us feel better. Uh, Brushing our teeth obviously makes us feel better and not offend other people. That there is also happiness hygiene. So what are the principles for happiness hygiene? So
1: it, it actually just takes one thing happiness habits. Yeah, we need to create a single positive change in our life that shows us that our behavior matters. So what I was looking for is if we brush our teeth for two minutes a day, we know we do that because we want to be healthier, or right. because it makes us uh, you know, live longer or something like that, right? right? Same thing is true with all this research we've been doing in positive psychology for over a decade, that what we found is we can actually take somebody's wiring or their genes or their environment and we can raise their levels of happiness up if we can get them to do even something as simple as a two-minute habit for 21 days a two minute
0: habit now if you're not willing to give it two minutes a day
1: two minutes that's it two minutes but we give so much to happiness all the time uh, striving for striving We do it it. the wrong way right yeah
0: okay so this is going to be the right way well or a way
1: here's some of the things we found uh, that the work that are so powerful that they trump even your genes and your environment.
0: OK, hold that thought as I ask this question, because I'm so excited my brain's doing this. OK, I've read where you say in Before Happiness at some time a simple smile. Now, people say that, oh, just smile, and it changes your brain chemistry. Does it? It really? does. It... Well, we started this campaign with a magazine with just say hello. Because if you just said hello to people, because sometimes people are so
1: lonely, right. that would make a d- difference in their day and yours, just saying hello. And it shows you how much power you have, right? Because I talked to this guy who, he said he moved into a neighborhood and everyone used to wave and then no one waves anymore. So yes. he describes it as, here's what the world's doing to me. But what we got him to do was just to wave. So we have him wave and say hello to other people. And people are learning, this is the social script. This is how I'm supposed to treat other people in this neighborhood. So now he says, everyone waves and says, hello.
0: Okay, so let's go back to the two minutes. Okay, Okay.
1: so we found, uh, Something as simple, this is some of the work that was originally done by Martin Seligman. Originally, they found that if you woke up every morning and practiced saying three things you were grateful for, new, they have to be new each day. You have to come up with new things you're grateful for. Right. They found if you did this for 21 days, even people who were testing as low-level pessimists, on average, were now testing as low-level optimists 21 days later. Now, that doesn't sound that huge, but here's the amazing thing. We can do this with 84-year-old men, with genes for pessimism, not that all 84-year-old men have are pessimists, but we found some that were. And if you do this for 21 days, what we find is that even if you practice pessimism for eight decades of your life, even if you were born with genes for pessimism, when people practice these, I would never guess before this research that literally two minutes could trump your genes and your environment. So you
0: just do it for two minutes each day? At less least. than two minutes. Less yeah, than two less minutes. Than, just well, I things. have found, I have found this, that gratitude changes your vibrational frequency in the world. So you're saying the same thing.
1: We're, that's exactly where we're finding the language. research. It exactly.
0: literally changes what you draw to yourself. It changes your outlook. Gratitude changes your
1: vibrational frequency. That's, that's exactly it, because you're constructing a world based upon the facts that you have. And if you're looking at all the negative facts, you've got a negative world. But if you're looking for the things you're grateful for, you've got a world that, that your behavior matters, mm-hmm. right? And that's what, that's what happens when you do these happiness habits. OK, so two minutes of gratitude. Two minutes of gratitude. Two 21 days. For 21 days. Another thing you could do is think of one meaningful experience you had over the past 24 hours. One meaningful thing that's happened to you. It doesn't have to be huge. It could be something like a conversation or a sunset. and uh, Or somebody held a door open for held you. Open a door. For something meaningful. And yeah. in two minutes, you just write down every detail you can remember. And the reason for that is you're trying to get your brain to relive the experience. We can't tell much difference between visualization and actual experience. When we journal about the meaningful experience, we literally double it. And if you do it for 21 days, it creates this connection between that meaning in our life. We actually find a trajectory of meaning running throughout our lives.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They, they sound like tips or tricks, but they're actually the building blocks of how human beings can change.
0: Yeah. Another one of the suggestions I like that you bring up in For Happiness is the sending a thank you to someone, like emailing yes. someone.
1: Yes, we love about this that. one. So uh, we got to work with uh, a couple social media major companies, and we had them write a two-minute email every morning. I hope everyone would do this today. Write a two-minute email or tweet or Facebook message or text message praising or thanking one person you know. It's so simple. Two minutes is usually two or three sentences, and you do it a different person for 21 days. What we found, first of all, it makes you happy immediately when you do it, but the reason is great is 21 days later, When we ask you about your social connection, the breadth and depth of your relationships, you have incredibly deep social support. And social support, as I was mentioning, is as predictive of how long we'll live as obesity, high blood pressure, and smoking. And we fight so hard against the negative, and we forget to tell people how powerful a two-minute positive email could be.
0: Does it have to be an email? Can you make a phone call?
1: Phone calls are even better. Even better face-to-face, that eye contact. Oh, well. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's the honors class. Oh, my god. Oh, my god.
0: That's (laughs) honors. Okay what
1: else could we do um so we know exercise 15 minutes of uh, fun mindful cardio activity uh trains your brain to believe your behavior matters mm-hmm. so when people exercise we talk about endorphins but endorphins are just short-term it's pleasure right but the reason why exercise is valuable is it trains your brain to believe my behavior matters which is optimism which causes you to create an entire constellation of positive habits around that's you. right um meditation oh, we've been doing oh some...
0: meditation big
1: Huge. And you've had you've had some absolute experts come on. What what I do and what I'm trying to do in this research is keep the bar as low as possible. Yeah, uh, no, we're not asking point. you
0: for twenty minutes of T M. Yes. Because you're just saying and, and, and Adi Ashanti said this recent can you the more time you can spend in stillness or silence with yourself you're just going to have exponential benefits
1: that's it's exactly it we i would love people to do this more and more i would love myself to do this more and more for me meditation's hard because i feel like i have developed cultural uh, attention deficit disorder where because we have so much stimulation Mm -hmm. i feel like i have trouble focusing on things for very long so when i try to meditate my brain gets so scattered i hear so many people say i can't meditate because my brain goes everywhere yeah but what i think what we really want is when somebody practices here's what we found for two minutes watching their breath go in and out, literally two minutes, it gave their brain a new pattern where I'm gonna try and instead of multitasking to single task, their accuracy rates improved, but their happiness levels improved, stress dropped, and amazingly, the stress of the people around them dropped as well. It starts to cause this chain reaction to other people, creating that ripple effect. And what we find with all five of those habits is that all of them create a positive ripple effect to other people which is uh, amazing. Which
0: which brings us to the conclusion here. You say a decade of research on happiness comes down to three conclusions.
1: What are they? Um, Scientifically, happiness can be a choice. It's a choice. Happiness spreads. When we choose happiness, it actually makes it easier for other people to choose happiness. And that happiness is actually an advantage. When we create happiness and positivity in the present, we're better at making a better world for other people afterwards. We wait for success. it It just doesn't work.
0: I'm so much happier now. (laughs) Thank you. Wonderful. (laughs) Me too. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. You can follow Super Soul on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Super Soul Conversation. Thank you for listening.